welcome back to another week of the Tea Please podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and it is the week before Christmas. The countdown has begun. Christmas Eve is on Friday. I literally can't even believe that. I feel like December is just like non-existent. It's usually one of my favorite times of the year because it's just like cheery and bright and there's lights and I love the holidays. It just hasn't really felt like the holidays yet because we haven't decorated our apartment or really done anything like super Christmassy because we're moving at the beginning of January into the duplex that we've been renovating. But I can't wait for Christmas. We are going back to Kansas to see our families And I'm just really excited that we get a little bit of time off. And I love that week in between Christmas and New Year's because it's just like a different world. People are slow. People are taking it easy not really ready to get things moving again until January. So I'm really looking forward to the second half of December. And I always just love the transition into a new year. I think it's fun and I love the reflection that it brings and just excited for that fresh start feeling in 2022 and I hope you guys all get that too and I hope I get it (laughs) because right now I'm pretty overwhelmed if you haven't noticed from the past few intros and also the title of this episode. If you have listened to the last few episodes then you know I've changed the format of the podcast a little bit. Last season I had a lot of guests and uh, mental health experts on the podcast and I'm still super passionate about mental health and I love those conversations but shifting away to more solo style podcasts because that just seemed like the right next thing for me. It's so far been really fun to just kind of think of ideas and get a little bit more creative with how I structure a podcast episode and I'm really excited to be able to do that more in 2022. So solo episodes are a little bit easier for me to produce and they're also allowing me to be a little bit more creative and more open with you guys. So I am loving them so far and this week's episode is about overwhelm. And I've been thinking a lot about this, obviously, because I am super overwhelmed. And when I feel overwhelmed or in the past when I felt this way, I would kind of go online and I would look at YouTube videos and bloggers and I would start consuming content about like how not to be anxious and like what to do when you feel overwhelmed. And and I found that it made me feel almost worse because it was like, giving me things to do when I feel overwhelmed that should make me feel less overwhelmed and then I just felt like a failure because I couldn't feel less overwhelmed. So I want to take this conversation in a little different direction because I am not like on the other side of overwhelm right now. I'm very much in the thick of it and to be honest like haven't been handling it super awesome. Definitely not like aspirational with how I've been dealing with overwhelm. But I do think what I say and what I feel is what most of us feel when we feel overwhelmed. And it's hard. It's not something that can just go away with a self-care day or a treat or your favorite meal or a bath or something like that. Usually a season of overwhelm is just that. It's an entire season. So it's an undefined length of time that things are just wild and feel like they're very hard to handle. Some might say very hard to control. Usually seasons of overwhelmed have this this sense of like there's a lot going on that's out of my control. And I think it would be unnatural for me to sit here and think of a list to talk through of like what will help you on a day that you're feeling really overwhelming. Yes, like those little things do help, but 
I think it's also helpful to just share like the honesty of what an overwhelming season looks like and there are things that we can do to navigate it but my number one issue with a list of things that will make you feel better on an overwhelming day or an overwhelming season is that at least for me I would read that and then think that I should feel less overwhelmed or if I could just do those things then my overwhelm would go away and like that is not true and I don't think people talk about that enough like a stressful season or an overwhelming season is something that you navigate through. It's not something that you eliminate from your life. Like we are not going to be able to do that. Whether the season that you're in is self-induced, maybe you took on way more than you could handle and you have a lot on your plate and you know that that's a learning lesson to to next time be like whoa now I know my limit of what's too much for me to commit to. Or maybe it's you know it is out of your control and it's an overwhelming season that things are happening around you um, or to your family or COVID or things that really are out of our control that impact how we feel and that sense of overwhelm. So while I am going to walk through a list of things that we can do to help us navigate a stressful overwhelming season, the number one thing I want to say to preface this is that Do not think that if you do all of these things that you are not going to feel overwhelmed because that's not it. These are just things that can help us navigate that, maybe make it a little bit easier, but it it's tough. And like I said, I am in this season right now, so I'm not on the other side of it just giving you advice. I'm like really just talking through how it's been for me and like the thoughts that I've had about this particular season of life for Taylor and I that has been honestly pretty long. All right, so first, let me set the scene for my current season and what is contributing and inspiring me to talk about this with you today. So if you're new around here or just to give you a little recap, Taylor and I got married back in May. That was another very stressful, overwhelming season for us. I'm sure you've heard that in my other podcast episodes. But the week before we got married, we closed on a house, our very first house. We are first-time homebuyers here in Denver, Colorado during the 2021 crazy housing market. We had been in the market for about nine months, I think it was. We'd put offers on several houses in Denver, and we kind of went all over the place. So first, we were looking for homes in the foothills, so in Evergreen, if you're familiar, um, just looking for like a mountainy home that we could still commute to Denver. And we found like the house of our dreams. We put an offer in. We didn't get it. And then the prices just kept going up on all of the houses in the area, and we were soon priced out so everything that popped up like we couldn't we couldn't get it um and this is like right when the housing market is just picking up and going bananas in denver so then we start looking a little bit further out of the mountains so we're looking at around like morrison and red rocks if you're familiar with that area we found this little one-story house with a backyard and we put an offer in and we didn't get it We saw a lot of different houses and we put in offers on, I think, three different houses and we didn't get any of them. And then we just started shifting yet again. So we went from the mountains, okay, to the very outskirts of Denver. Okay, that didn't work. And then we were thinking like, okay, like what about an investment property? So we started looking at duplexes and we looked in duplexes in Aurora, if you know that area. 
and they were not the best. <laughs> they were really, really, really rough, some of them, um, or they were on like a not super great street, not the best neighborhood, and they were still like really pricey and going pretty quickly. So we were still looking for these duplexes, and we had gone back to Kansas before the wedding, and our realtor calls us and was like, hey, there's this house that popped up, and I really think it's right up your alley. It's in a great neighborhood, and we need to go see it because in Denver with this housing market, like if something pops up, you have to go see it and you have to put an offer in like that same exact day and the offers are extremely competitive. So we were in Kansas and we obviously couldn't go see this house. So we had been working with our realtor for nine months at this point and he was like, you know, I will go check this house out for you. I know like what you will tolerate and what you won't at this point and I think I could really suss it out for you. So we sent our realtor, Jason. I think he was like very ready to get rid of us at this point because he had to have a talk with us because we kept changing our mind from, oh, we want a mountain home to, oh, we want a Denver home to, oh, we want an investment property. And he was like, whoa, guys, are you serious about buying a home? And we're like, yeah, we really are. Like we're not messing around, but we're just kind of, we're changing our minds. And so I think he was, he was a little nervous that we were wasting his time, but we did not waste his time. And we did close on this house with him. But anyway, he went to see the house for us. And then we ended up putting in an offer when we were still in Kansas. So we didn't, we never saw it. We bought it sight unseen, as they say in real estate, meaning we did not see the house. The first time that Taylor and I saw it was when we were walking through the inspection. And um, that was the first, the first time we saw it. And we could have backed out at that point, but we didn't. So we closed on the house the week before the wedding. And we knew it was going to be a project, you know, like for the price point that it was at in the neighborhood that it was in, we were still kind of stretching it financially in order to close on this house. But we really want property in Denver and we think that it will set us up for the future that we want. And that's the decision that we decided to make. But we did not understand how much work it really would be. And Taylor is definitely used to this type of stuff. He grew up doing rental properties and he knows like what to do. I, however, have no idea what to do. The biggest like home renovation project I ever did was probably like paint my room. I have not done anything. So we get in there and we're all worried about asbestos in the ceiling and in the floor tiles that are under the carpet. So we think it's asbestos. So we end up like scraping the popcorn ceilings and just wearing these like hazmat suits and just taking extra, extra precautions. And then after we do all that, we get the walls tested and it's not asbestos, which is like good because you don't want asbestos, but also just a waste of time and energy that we did everything we did to like be careful with it because if you've ever done DIY with asbestos involved it is it's a whole thing so the plan was and still is to redo the downstairs basement unit and then move in and then fix up the top unit and then get them both rented and then move out so this is a very like temporary situation for us even though we're moving in in January we're hoping to be out by the summer like all things going well hopefully that's the plan and obviously we've been paying double rent since may since we got our mortgage and then we've been living in our apartment the whole time as well because it's not livable there are people living in the upstairs right now that are moving out at the end of december um but it is a whole i have not even addressed the top you guys we will get to it when we move in and i can show you but it's going to be messy there's it's a lot up there so i'm not even talking about that right now 
but we've been paying double rent because of our mortgage and our apartment rent. So we can't do that anymore. Like it's too expensive and we really are trying to get out of that situation because it's we're just bleeding every first of the month because of how much money we have to spend on rent and mortgage, let alone all the renovation costs. And I am very, very grateful that we're able to work this hard and have the situation that we're in where we can stay in our apartment. And I'm very, very grateful that we're in the position that we are, but it's uncomfy. You know, it's uncomfy as two savers in the house. Taylor and I were both like pretty good at saving and it feels very different to have so much like costs and just a lot of things flying everywhere, (laughs) paying for a lot of things. And it, it just feels unsettling to us. And I really think that's normal. I think in life, you're going to have seasons that are more expensive than others, especially when you make a big purchase like a home. You're just going to have like seasons where you're more saving and seasons where you're more spending. And this is definitely a spending season for us. But anyway, we're trying to move in. Well, we will be moving in at the beginning of January, whether the duplex downstairs is done or not. So currently, Taylor is over there trying to get the floors in. But we will definitely have a lot to do when we move in. But hopefully, at a minimum, we'll have the kitchen in there, floors, and it's going to have walls, but they might not be painted. So anyway, I'm sorry if that was long-winded, but just trying to let you know like where we're at with this duplex because I really haven't shared a lot of it because I have really not been handling it well. I've been really resistant to the whole renovation because I felt like I never got a break before we really dove into it and I desperately needed a break. I needed a slower season. You know, COVID was last year. It was really hectic and draining. And then we got married and our engagement season was also pretty hectic and draining. And wedding planning was just like, it was a lot for me. Some people love it. Most people I think are overwhelmed by that too. And that's how I felt. It was very overwhelming. I loved our wedding, but it was just tough on me. It's a stressful time. And then we dove right into this like massive, massive, massive home renovation project. It's not like, oh yeah, it's just like a quick fixer upper, slap some paint on it. Like no, complete gutting of a four bedroom, two bathroom unit. And then we have to do the same thing again to the top. It's all consuming and it's overwhelming. I would also say that I tend to get overwhelmed easily. That is something I'm really, really focused on and really diving into why I feel such overwhelm and what I can do to like not feel that when when things are overwhelming or even if I just have like a Saturday that I don't know what to do. Sometimes I feel overwhelmed. Anyway, all I'm trying to say is that I run overwhelmed. <laughs> and now we have probably like five working days at the house before we need to be in there and we're out of our apartment. Like we, we canceled our lease. So We do have to be out in like two weeks, but um, we're going back to Kansas. So there's a lot of days in those two weeks that we can't actually be working on the house. So on top of moving and, you know, the uprootedness that that can bring, we also, it's probably not going to be finished. There's going to be a lot of work to do. And um, yeah, I think you get it. When we tell people what we're doing, you know, older people will say, wow, that's amazing. I think that you're setting yourself up for success in the future. And that's really smart of you guys and good for you. And that's so great and how fun. And honestly, I have just been fighting it pretty much the whole entire time. And I'm really trying to shift that going into the next six months of this project. But the first six months, I have cried a lot. I have not wanted to go there. I have not gone there to help. 
Taylor's done a lot of the like manual work because honestly, I think a lot of it is not stuff that I can physically help with anyway. Like I'm, I don't know how to hang drywall and I don't want to. <laughs> and even though he's been really great about not making me work on the house when I don't want to and just saying like we'll take every day as it comes and kind of forget the timeline, I've still just been fighting and feeling really resentful for this project that we have that you know, on paper sounds great. It's setting us up for our future. It's going to get us recurring income from the tenants that we have. And on paper, it's like amazing. So then why can't I see that and then think like, this is great or yeah, I can manage this. I'm not, I have not been feeling that way. I've been just feeling like I want to run away, honestly. And I think that's a feeling that a lot of people feel when they're in an overwhelming season. It's just that urge to escape and make some type of drastic change to get out of it because it's like, it's a lot. So here's my list of things that I have been thinking about and trying to practice to help me navigate the season because I don't want to forget that it is a season and hopefully we look back on this time and think like, wow, I'm so glad that we went through that and that we made it happen and look where we are now because we did that And gosh, it was so hard, but it really helped us and it really did lay the foundation for where we want to be. You know, I hope that's what we do. So I'm going to say it again, but the number one thing that I think can help in an overwhelming season is not to make it worse for yourself by thinking that you shouldn't feel overwhelmed, especially with the internet and social media. It is very easy to unconsciously compare yourself to what other people are doing. For me, it's not a conscious thought if I'm looking at social media to compare that way, but I definitely think that other people are maybe more relaxed or not going through as much as I am. And I just think that, wow, like what's wrong with me? I should be able to handle this because it is great on paper. These are choices that I made and why can't I handle it? And that just makes it a million times worse, you guys. A million. Most of the times when I end up crying about this stuff, it's because of that feeling that I feel like I shouldn't feel overwhelmed. And I'll add to that by saying, be careful who you talk to about your overwhelm because a lot of people want to help you fix the problem. And that's what I've found if I like vent to people. A lot of people in my circles will tell me what I need to change in order to stop feeling that way. And I, it's hard for me to hear that because I think that sometimes you just have to go through it. I don't think that we can eliminate stress and overwhelm from our lives. And as much as you know, everyone online or our friends and family want to make us think that we can take control of everything in our life, Sometimes we can't or we make a decision like buying a duplex that's way too big for us and then we're stuck with it. Like I can't change that. That is our situation. It's not going to change for the next six months and at that point it'll be a year with this thing. I think a parallel conversation is the quitting your job situation. If you're someone that really wishes you could go off on your own and quit your full-time job, people love to tell you that you can quit your full-time job and that you should. And, you know, take the leap, do it for you, be courageous. And to me, it's a matter of choosing your stress. Well, quitting your full-time job, it's going to give you a whole new set of problems. They're just going to be different problems. Do you have the capacity to tackle those problems? 
Or maybe you need to wait a little bit until you are able to do that because I don't think that you can just up and quit your job just because you want to the moment you feel like you want to. It is not that easy and seasons of overwhelm just exist. So I think we need to learn to normalize having them and maybe talk about some of the things that make it worse because I think it's it just depends on your situation. Sometimes it's hard to make it better, but I know from experience that the things I'm about to say definitely make it worse. And number one, of course, thinking that you shouldn't feel overwhelmed makes it worse. You know what else makes it worse? When you stop taking care of yourself. (laughs) If you are someone who's normally working out regularly, maybe that's not every day, but just consistently eating nutritious foods, when there's a lot going on, it's really easy to stop doing those things. Something has to come off of your plate. So a lot of times it's those things that we do kind of quote unquote extra to take care of ourselves or when we have like the ideal flow you know we're making dinner for ourselves we have time to go to the gym a lot of things can get in the way of that and if you stop taking care of yourself it's just bad it is bad it doesn't help your mind it doesn't help your body it just really doesn't help so you might not be able to do exactly what you used to do in a slower season but maybe you can shift the way that you take care of yourself. So you're still getting nutritious foods and you're still working out and you're still sleeping however many hours you need every night to feel good. You're still doing those fundamental things that give you energy and you're just taking care of yourself. So you might have to switch those up. For us, we had a really hard time keeping food in the apartment for a while and we decided to switch to HelloFresh because We just could not go grocery shopping. We didn't even have the energy to think about what meals we wanted to make. And HelloFresh or a meal delivery service just made it super easy for us to make food without really thinking much about it. If you don't have time to go to the gym anymore, maybe it's at-home workouts, maybe it's an extra long walk every morning, just something that you can do to take place of maybe that thing that you don't realistically have time to fit into your schedule anymore. Just make sure you're taking care of yourself. It is the most important thing, I think, if you're in like a stressful season, you got to prioritize it and it's going to be even harder to do it. Another thing that I think makes this type of season a little bit worse is forgetting that you can feel two things at once. I've just been thinking about how I have this like overwhelmed feeling all the time, but I'm also really grateful for where we at and like being confused about how those two feelings can coexist and Really, they just coexist. I feel them both, and some days I feel one more than the other, and some days I'm able to work at the house and be okay. Other days I work at the house and I'm just like, I can't, and I'm just really frustrated and exhausted. I've really been trying to practice grace and compassion with myself to be able to feel whichever one of those things comes up on a certain day and really ride the wave. If I'm feeling like ready to put together some cabinets, then I'm going to lean into that and get as much done as I can. If I'm really feeling like I did today, like I need some rest and I just can't engage with this project right now, then I'm going to do that. Both feelings can exist at once and you're just, you're not just one thing and your brain is not just one thing. The next thing I'll say is that I think doing, thinking that you still need to do it all is making it worse. So I take inventory regularly, like what can I not do in my life right now? I'm feeling overwhelmed because A, B, C, D, E, F, G, blah, 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 so many things. What 
of those things can I not do that is not like a basic need for taking care of myself because that's like non-negotiable. You can't cut that stuff out. But maybe you can cut out something else that you would normally do that now is just not the time. Maybe that's less social events, social gatherings, like less commitments on your plate. You might not be able to take a lot of them off of your plate, but take inventory. What can you take off of your plate? What can you delegate to other people in your life? Try not to just be so down on yourself like, oh, I got to do all this stuff and it's all on me and it's likely not all on you and there are probably people in your life that are willing to help you and support you in some way. So what can you take off of your plate or what can you ask help for with whatever? Another thing I think is really dangerous to do in an overwhelming season is to stay in your head about it all because it's often those feelings of, I should be able to do this or I have to do this, this, and this. And sometimes bouncing those thoughts off of someone can help you be more realistic and and more gracious with yourself because if someone was coming to you being like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. I have this, this, and this, like you want to help that person. So tell someone that you trust and that you know is going to be open and compassionate with you about everything that you have going on. But don't stay in your head about it and and continue to just think in circles about all the things you have to do. That is something I am so extremely guilty of. I get very, very, very much in my head and I stay there. And it's really just me going through to-do lists and wondering how on earth all of this stuff is going to come together. Talking to Taylor and my family about all of the things that we are doing and maybe they can't really do anything about it, but it's just helpful to tell someone and, you know, be reassured that it's okay and that you're going to get through it. Sometimes that's all you need to hear, but don't stay in your head about it. Definitely does not help. This next one, I think, could have been earlier in the list because I think it's super, super, super important and makes a really big difference. But you have to manage the stress and the stress that your body feels when you're in a overwhelming stressful season with a lot going on your nervous system which I have learned so much about in a year of the podcast episode interviewing people in the wellness space a lot of them talked about the the central nervous system and the response that our body has to stress and I am so much more aware of when my body is heightened and operating at overdrive, I like to call it. It's just this buzzy, nervous energy that just runs through me all day. Having my body feel stress most of the day, it decreases my energy levels by probably like 75%. It takes so much of my energy to do everything that I'm doing and be stressed while I'm doing it. And I am really, really working on calming my body down because the tasks that I'm doing are not changing. It's literally just how I feel when I'm doing them because my to-do list, like I can either choose to do my to-do list stressed as frick or I can do my to-do list calm and collected and take things as they come. In both scenarios, I'm getting everything done, but one of them is really hurting my body and my mind and the other one just helps me do the tasks so much more. So I have been putting so much focus on recognizing when I do need to take a deep breath and when I do feel that like fluttery buzzing while I'm working and oh, I'm going to go do a 10 minute meditation because I think that could really help me right now. And to be honest, the amount of days that I have recognized that I need to do that and then don't do it, the ratio is off. (laughs) But 
that's progress. Just the awareness itself is progress. And next time, I hope I do make the decision to stop, drop, and meditate or take a walk or do something to calm my nervous system because it truly does help get through the stress and navigate a a stressful season because in this case, we're talking about not just a stressful day. That's a great practice to have if you're having a stressful day. But if this is, you know, an undefined period of time where this feeling is staying with you for days, weeks, months, it's really, really important to not let that stress stay in your body. And another thing that I am really working on that does not come naturally to me, but it is to not take everything so seriously. I think it's the perfectionist in me and just feeling like I really just want to get to the other side of everything and if I just keep my head down and get it all done then that will get me there faster but I take everything a little bit too seriously and Taylor's been really good about you know keeping it light and just taking it as it comes and if it doesn't go the way that it's supposed to go like that's totally fine and the real journey is that we're doing this together and this is our first year of marriage and it is pretty memorable and those are the memories that I want to have. You know, we are young, we are newlyweds, we don't have kids yet, we have time to be a little bit messy and a little bit chaotic and a little bit busy. I think all of those things are still true after you have kids, but you know what I mean. Try to have fun during the busy season and try to have fun like whatever that means to you. If it's fun to go out, then make sure that you're going out and Don't turn down opportunities to do something that is fun. And if you do have a lot of tasks, like can you take them with a light heart? That is going to help you get through a busy season more than taking everything really seriously and just trying to get everything done for the sake of getting it done. And it's all about the practice of enjoying the journey. And I definitely admit that that is very hard for me because it's a situation that I wish that I could control and I wish that I could change it. I wish that we were doing a smaller project. I wish that it was at a different time. I wish I had a break in between stressful seasons and that didn't happen. There's a lot of things that I wish were different, but I am trying to take it with a grain of salt and just have some fun with it because this is a memorable season for us and I don't want it to be memorable because it was just awful. (laughs) I want it to be a lot, but I want it to be something that Taylor and I did together and that we really did to benefit our future. And that's what I think we're doing. Okay, I have just a few more thoughts, but the next one is not to get too down on yourself about not having the energy levels that you wish you had during a season like this. I think that's pretty easy to do because we wish that we had all the energy in the world, especially when we have a lot of things demanding our time, attention, and energy We wish we had more of it, but don't get down on yourself for not having the same energy level every day when you show up for the tasks and everything that you have going on because our moods and our energies fluctuate and it's hard. So if you're really feeling like you need a rest day, then take a rest day. If you're really feeling like you need to cancel plans, cancel plans. I'm doing that this evening because we just got back from Boston. My friends are having a Christmas party and I really 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 wish that we could go and we can go but honestly I'm feeling drained I'm feeling like not super social and I need to listen to that because I've been feeling like just really run down so I'm going to take the night to rest because I really need the rest if I'm going to get through these next few weeks of going back to Kansas packing up our apartment 
finishing the duplex to the point where we can at least move in and it has floors and the basics and then then moving into the duplex all while like working at the same time if I'm going to get through all that and if I feel like I need rest I need to take the rest and I love my friends and I'll see them at the next gathering and I'm not worried about missing out all right the last thing that I'll say the last kind of thought that I've had about how to navigate overwhelming seasons a little bit better with a little more grace for ourselves is don't think that it's going to last forever that's something that's really hard for me because I I'm like a very in the moment type of person I've found out I'm trying to like break out of that a little bit but I'm not always the visionary I can't always see the future vision of what we're working towards and why all of this effort and stress is worth it right now Um, I have a hard time like just thinking ahead so I get stuck thinking like oh my gosh this is just our life and why did I sign up for this and this is not what I thought it was going to be and holy cow I don't know when it's going to end and that feels overwhelming so don't think that it's going to last forever because it's really not and I think a lot of that comes with experience and just life experience of going through different seasons and recognizing like there are seasons and everything will inevitably change even if it's longer than you want it to be. We definitely are not going to be renovating this duplex forever and the end is kind of in sight. I mean we have a tentative plan to be done with it by the summer so it's not going to last forever whatever you're dealing with. If you are in one of these seasons right now and have a lot going on, holy cow do I resonate with you and really feel for you because it sucks. And it's, it's hard. Some people are better at it than others. Some people really like that challenge. And, you know, sometimes it's not a challenge that we're really feeling like tackling because we're tired and we're not just like tired from the day, but we're just tired. I'll end this episode with the same kind of thought that I started it with. And that is the biggest thing that has helped me is really just letting go of this feeling that I shouldn't feel overwhelmed and that I am weak and that I'm not strong enough to take on everything that we have going on right now because I am and the sense of overwhelm and stress that I feel is extremely valid because you know if I just go through the list of everything that we have going on right now it's a lot and it's way more than we typically have going on in years past. So what I'm trying to say is that it's okay if you feel a lot of friction towards like getting on board and riding the wave as they say, really leaning into the challenges that these types of seasons bring up, but just be patient with yourself. I know that's like the common piece of advice, but hopefully the context that I kind of walked through today gives you some thought starters of maybe things that might help you navigate a tough season without making it worse for yourself. That is it for this week's episode. I hope you guys have an amazing Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas, if you celebrate something else, I hope that it was also amazing if it is past. I hope this next week for you is just great. And if you are celebrating Christmas and with family, then I hope that it's awesome and just fulfilling and rejuvenating and restful. And I hope it's magical because I love the season for the magic that it can bring. So I hope that you feel it too. If you like this solo episode, please go ahead and share it with a friend, whether that is resharing on Instagram, verbally telling them about the episode or the podcast. That's the biggest thing you can do for a podcaster that you like is to tell more people about their show 
or to write a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps people know that it is worth their time to listen to. I know the format is changing a little bit, but I think it's really fun to sit down and chat through some of this life stuff. If I was getting coffee with you, this is the type of stuff that I would be talking about and wanting to hear from you about and really what you're going through. So I'm hoping to bring more of that connection to the podcast because that was my vision for it in the first place. And lastly, go ahead and click follow wherever you are listening if you have not done so already. New podcast episodes release every single Monday and that's it. Merry Christmas. I hope you have a great one. I'll talk to you next Monday.